Do you know what it takes to move good to great? Are you almost where you need to be, but not quite there yet? Find your way to success today. Welcome to the James Dentley Show with Dr. James Dentley. We've got the tips and guidance you need to propel your success to the next level. Now, here's your host, Dr. James Dentley. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. It's Friday. I'm here. You're all here. So it must be time for the James Dentley Show. And remember, we don't think outside the box because in our world, there's never been a box. Look, I'm here with a very special co-host. I got my wife, Dr. Kara Scott Dentley here. Say hi. Hello, everyone. Yeah, yeah. You know, she, and I'm surrounded by all these women on this great show, these powerful women. And I know my wife is here because if I say something boneheaded, it's just thump on my foot and get me back. Since <laughs> Patrick can't reach through the screen and slap me. <laughs> But look, I have the, I'm so honored, and it's going to be a, a great show, a very informative show, a very powerful show. And uh, I'm really honored because I have two people I have a tremendous amount of respect as our guests on the show. And I got a chance to hear about Ms. Rona Bennett many, many years ago. She is a part of the singing sensation uh, in Vogue, and I just love in Vogue. I can break out in a minute. You're wondering if I care about you. Ooh, ooh, stop. <laughs> All right. You know, I, I start melting. I might lose me about 75 pounds. I start singing Uh-oh. that. It takes me back there. <laughs> but uh, but she's also one of uh, America's top uh, life strategists and life coaches as well. And uh, just doing some phenomenal things, really preparing herself right now to, uh, uh, to launch on television and do a lot of really, really cool stuff. So she's doing some great things. So first of all, Rona, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Yes. And then I have my sister on the phone. You know, it's kind of interesting because I can call her my baby sister, but she's been the boss of me since the day we met. <laughs> but she's just so brilliant. And uh, uh, she's married to my dearest friend, who is my brother. And um, I mean, she's just so incredible in all the things she's done. And this young lady, I want to, we're going to hear a story how she took $500, a hope and a dream, on willingness to quit through adversity and turned it into a uh, it's a, I want to say over $10 million enterprise and growing. And now she and her family are now taking things to the next level, just inspiring people, teaching, training, and a leadership expert and guru. Pasha, how you doing? Welcome. I am blessed. I'm blessed. Always an honor to be a part of anything that you're doing. Well, since, I was 20, since I was 23 years old, and that was a little while ago. Uh, <laughs> we can't tell. Ago. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> And look, you have my you have my permission to tell if you want. You know, I remember one time we had a conversation, and when you got finished with me, both I was crying and you was crying, and we've been tight ever since. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's what you call one of those come to Jesus talks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I went to Jesus. All right, I'm glad my mama wasn't. Now I got spanked. <laughs> well, ladies, first of all, welcome to the show. Um, uh, this show is very important and special to me because when we look at what's taking place in the world today, and we look at uh, this journey with uh, uh, Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. Kamala. Kamala Harris, Mamala Harris. Um, and right now, it's really a time where people have been very clear about the important role that women play in our society. And it's so overdue. And I'd like to know if you would share with our audience a little bit about your story. Let's start with you, Mamala. Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get in entertainment? How are you growing up? What got you to the point where you are right now? Oh, goodness. You're trying to take it back. Um, (laughs) So I'm from Chicago, your hometown, right? Um, My parents were pretty much your blue collar people. My dad worked construction until um, maybe over 30 years. My mom was working for the government for over 40 years. So I come from some thoroughbreds. They really had nothing to do with the fine arts. 
Uh, this was something that I think I got lucky enough to discover at a really young age that this is something I wanted to do. My maternal grandmother was the one that kind of pushed them to pay attention because prior to that moment, they thought I was a little special. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm downstairs, you know, entertaining myself. Um, but it, it started going out when I would visit my maternal grandmother in Alabama. I'm a Southern girl, you know, city girl by way of the South. Are you? And so, <laughs> so um, she had foster children. My cousins would come by. I would always put on talent shows. And it just was a naturally occurring thing. So when we got back to Chicago, I had a very serious conversation with my mom about what can she do for me? And when I asked her with all sincerity like that, she knew that she had to take it seriously and that we were gonna ask our way to the next steps. And that's how a lot of my career happened is we asked my way into success. We didn't know where to start. We started at a little theater, you might know it, ETA on the mm -hmm. South side of Chicago, right? Started out over there and then just kind of grew from there. I didn't, you know, I had a lot of insecurities as a kid, but I guess I hadn't been on the planet long enough for it to pour in too much doubt and tell me that I couldn't have it. And so I had my blinders on and moved forward. And it's just been a journey ever since then. Wow, cool stuff, cool stuff. We're gonna go a little deeper a little later, but yeah. tell us a little bit about your story just coming up in uh, uh, the great place in our nation called LA. Oh, Alabama. <laughs> Are you from Alabama? You couldn't let it slide. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your story. You, you've got a very interesting uh, trail just growing up and the different things you've experienced. And then uh, you, you've grown into a person that's respected all over the world. You're on the, mag on the cover of all these magazines on television, being interviewed. How did this start for you? Well, for me, it started out, like you said, in L.A., also known for us as Lower Alabama. I'm originally I'm originally from Montgomery and um, I spent a lot of times in Union Springs. You probably have never heard of that, but that's where my grandmother is from and Troy, Alabama and all those small places. And so being a small town girl, um, I always had big dreams. And I would always see myself outside of Alabama. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but at a very young age, um, I became a competitive gymnast and I made it all the way up to the junior Olympics. So I was very, very competitive and I always wanted to do something. My mom started putting me in pageants and I couldn't figure out exactly what I wanted to do. But after going to the University of Alabama for a few years, I decided to move to Atlanta because at that time, um, it was all about if you're young, black, and you have a dream, go to Atlanta because that's where all the entrepreneurs are. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to Atlanta. So I packed up, not knowing anybody, uh, moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I was uh, che cheering for the Atlanta Falcons. I tried out, made the squad because my whole thing was if I'm going to go somewhere, I want to be uh, do the things that I enjoy doing. So I started coaching gymnastics. I was cheering for the Falcons, and I was also working at Emory University. And I was invited out to this meeting during the middle of the day. And I walked into a room and you had all these professionals in there. And they started talking about entrepreneurship and residual income and becoming wealthy. And my eyes lit up because I never really heard anybody talk like that. But it was something about this group that made me feel like it was possible. And my journey started from there. I took $500. I got started in that business at that time. And I'll be honest, it was a roller coaster that I, I rode for a long time. I had many ups and downs, many ups and downs. Uh, but eventually I took that $500 and have earned well over $10 million. And it has been such a blessing and such a journey. But 
it all began from being in that small room of learning how to think my way to success. So the first thing that I changed was my mindset. I started thinking on a different level. I started reading different books and it was amazing. When my hard wiring started to change, my actions started to change. And when my actions started to change, my life started to change. Hello. Good stuff. Were you going to jump in and say something? No, I just said speak. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Now, now, Rona, uh, uh, what got you into entertainment? Now, you're with the Encada Group. In Vogue, for those of you who don't know about In Vogue, it just tells you just don't know any better, but that doesn't mean <laughs> a bad thing. It just means that this group has been out there uh, just impacting hearts uh, for so, 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 so very long. So how did you get with In Vogue? Wow. What started in your singing career? How did, how did that happen? Well, you know, uh, I started professionally in the entertainment business at 12. Uh, I was working in it before that, but I got my first paycheck at 12 years old. So... Uh, that kind of started the journey. Um, I got my first big break from uh, Oprah Winfrey, actually. She was doing this show called, you might remember it, The Women of Brewster's Place. Uh, back in the day, they turned it in. It was a really popular miniseries that became a television series. And so I ended up on the television series. And uh, there was another young lady who was very popular in Chicago, Delion Richard. Shout out to her. Uh, she and I were going up against each other for this part to be her, I want to say her niece or granddaughter. At this moment, I can't think about, I can't remember. But um, this was the first time I kind of learned about the law of attraction and God making room for you. Of course, in hindsight, I know that now. But we both were both going up for the same part. Uh, we both had to sing and we both had to act. And uh, she ended up getting the role. And that was the first time I dealt with some real serious disappointment, you know. Um, but I remember we had answering machines back in the day, right? And so they left a message on the answering machine that, hey, you know, we wrote and we know Rona didn't get that role, but we created one for her. And so I became her best friend on that show. And that kind of took the, took off from there. And then I became a Mouseketeer, which is like a the ultimate variety show on steroids, you know, uh, singing, dancing, acting, interviewing, everything. So I kind of got a, a smorgasbord of media training in one place. And so from there, I decided I wanted to come to Hollywood, where I am now, where the big dogs play, and uh, see if I could continue with this dream. And so then I did, I did television and music both at the same time. Um, I got a solo deal with Rodney Jerkins. I don't know if you're familiar with, familiar with him, but um, Child Prodigy did really well. That continued my journey. And then eventually, when I was doing like a demo for one of my Mouse Club buddies, um, the guy who was producing the record with him said, I don't know if you would be interested in something like this, but in Vogue is looking for another member. And I was like, I don't know. I'd always thought about being a solo artist, but I ended up meeting the founder of the group. They flew me up to the Bay. I met Terry and Cindy and it was just like hand in glove. And we've been going for about almost 17 years now. Wow. 17 years ago. I was really kind of thin and I could have put on some (laughs) I could have done that. You got to show up. Now, you're the founder of Personal Power University, right? Yes. Tell us about that. Now you make the transition from you're on the stage. You're still doing that. Yes. How do you get the transition into life coaching? What's that about? Well, maybe about a decade before I actually became a coach, I thought it could be cool to become one just because I seem to be getting good feedback that I gave good advice to family members or friends or strangers, Right. So I said, you know, it could be kind of cool to become a life coach, but I never did anything to put any structure behind it. 
It was just a fleeting thought, if you will. But when I hit a wall, a proverbial wall in my career where the doors of opportunity were not budging, uh, no matter what I did, they weren't moving. I was going through a major winter, as they say, uh, in your life where the ground, the soil was hard. I couldn't turn it over. I had to go into hibernation mode, ask myself some really good questions. How did I get here? Why am I looking at these results? And it brought me back to the basics of how I created my success in the first place, which was a lot of discipline, a lot of vision, you know, um, a lot of speaking things into existence, a lot of planting seeds and watering them with my attention. I had gotten away from all of that because I'd gotten complacent, uh, got comfortable, you know, and um, I wasn't nurturing many relationships. My network was kind of waning. And then when I finally had to face all of that, I decided to help others while I was helping myself. And that is when I got serious about putting some real structure behind it. I started writing books and blogs and speaking. And then I finally put my school together. Awesome. Well, well congratulations. Doing some Thank great you. work. And Karen's going to take a after the commercial break, but we got about four more minutes. So I want to go to you real quick, Pastor. Now, you've actually I've seen you. You've been up on stages of 20,000 or more people. You've been impacting and empowering men and women alike uh, in business and mindset, really how to show up, but I've seen you many times that uh, take a group of women and train and coach and have these events. And at one time, I think you took them to one of Oprah's events as well. So why do you think it's so important? Why are we so passionate about helping women to be able to excel right now in their lives in every aspect? What, what started that for you and what's that about? Well, I'll tell you how it really started for me was when I first got in business and I wasn't succeeding on the level that I wanted to. I would reach out to different women. And it was interesting because I didn't find that they were willing to really help. And at a very young age, that really hurt. So I couldn't understand how my success could make you feel like it could stop your success or hurt your success. So I vowed at a very young age to not be that woman. I vowed at a very young age that everything that I did Every door that opened for me, I was going to crack it, knock it down and leave it open for other women to walk through. So at a very young age, I took the pain of feeling like sometimes women wouldn't open the door for me to being the person to say, I'm going to open the door for everybody. So I live my life every time, every morning when I wake up, my question to myself is, Whose life am I going to change today? Who can I help? How can I serve? Because I understand that in life is not about how much you get. It's about how much you give. And I enjoy, I absolutely love giving. I love seeing other women be able, you know, I know people mention the magazine covers and stuff that I've been on, but what a lot of people don't know is every cover that I've ever been on. My first question to that editor is, are, who are you looking for your next cover? I have, I have a few recommendations. Uh, reach out to so-and-so and I'll reach out to all my girlfriends and I'll say, hey, call so-and-so. Let's get them because I want to see them in lights. Because one thing that I've always felt is when your light is burning, Shining a light on another woman doesn't make yours dimmer. It just brightens up the room even more. So that's why I enjoy taking the light that I have and just shining it on other women, especially the ones that are struggling. They're working so hard. They may not yet have gotten to that level that they want to get to, but they're right there. And all they need is a break. They All they need is that little, that one door open or that one article written or that one person to see them. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that it could take their business and their life to another level. And if I can be that person, 
I want to be the one to be able to do that. I don't want them to give me the credit. I just want to be the one behind the scenes and say, okay, call this person. Let's do this. And I just sit back and smile and cheer because it's just a great feeling seeing other people win. Yes. Yes. Well, see, that's why I went to school. (laughs) (laughs) We've got about another, a little bit over another minute and and we're really going to go into our first commercial break. And I want everyone to know that, uh, uh, this segment has really been brought to you by JD3 TV. You know, uh, myself, my wife, and, and these two incredible women are all going to be featured people on uh, through this network as we want to take the message, just as uh, Pastor talked about, and the heart and the work this is Rona talked about, and bring it out to the world. And we're looking for people like you because a life worth living is always worth recording. And we really honor you. Uh, Mother's Day is every day. I was raised uh, by my mom and, and three sisters. And uh, my mom is pretty much a single parent in the household. And every day is Mother's Day. You know, every day is Mom's Day. And all of us are here because uh, somebody brought us here and, and got us and carried us, carried us and then and let, let, let us land safely here. So really honored to have this shot. And when we come back from commercial, uh, we're going to let uh, my wife, Dr. Carol Scott, that latest double scientist and physicist over here who has a stomp on my foot. So, so far, I must be doing okay. She's going to come back. And then when I jump back in, we're going to have some fun because I want you ladies to think about some of your biggest challenges and how do you really overcome it? What advice will you give the people to help them overcome their challenges? And then I want you to just really think about something hilarious. What's the funniest thing you've experienced? And, and how does laughter really play into this whole thing when it comes to our growth and, and our human walk? So we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back with the amazing pastor, Carter and Rona Bennett. Hey, hey. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. As we continue on life's journey, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Senior Straight Talk with hosts Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a purposeful and passionate, fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the information that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or your favorite podcast platform. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel find out what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. you're tuned in to the james stentley show We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Again, that's JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Now, back to the show. 
Hey, we are back. We're back live with Rona Bennett, uh, our nation's one of our nation's greatest life coaches and a phenomenal entertainer, whether it be television, whether it be on the big stage, a member of the iconic group in Vogue, and then Pasha Carter. I mean, this lady was out. I saw her on the cover of one of the Forbes magazines. I mean, this one lady is a business strategist. She's a communications expert. She's a leadership expert, a sales expert. And boy, she's had a lot of time to prepare. But I'm going to turn it over to my wife. She's going to take over as my co-host. And, and uh, she has some things on her mind, I'm sure, because I hear them all the time. So now we're going to share with you. That's a good thing. <laughs> I love to hear it. All right, Pasha. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, you know, I'm excited to be here. And I would not have missed this for the world. I was actually on my way to do a walk. And I was like, no. I'm not going to walk. I will be here because I know that you two are two strong, powerful sisters, you know, and just women that walk, not, not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. And not only that, that you reach out your hand to help other people along the way and to help pull them up. And so one of the things that um, Rona mentioned was during that cold spell, during that winter season, of your life and for a lot of people right now because of this pandemic and because everything has shifted. And I tell people all the time, it's not that things are going to shift, they have shifted. We are just catching up with that shift. Hello. So with those, those that, that moment, because many people are going through that moment right now, um, I want you to touch on it just a little bit deeper because some people may not even realize that it is a winter. They just feel like, well, I just have a feeling, but You've gone through it, so you know what it feels like. So if you could speak to that, maybe someone who's listening is like, that's where I am now, and then give them that solution so they won't get down on themselves and beat themselves up in this time. Coach, coach girl, coach. Okay. <laughs> you know, the first thing that bubbles up to my mind to say is to be in a state of allowance. You know, um, and also not to put too much pressure on yourself to have to handle this a certain kind of way. I think a lot of people came in to saying, if you're not working hard, if you're not going hard in the paint, you're not taking advantage of this time. And some of us need to absolutely sit down. <laughs> we need to absolutely sit down and be still. That was something that I did. I'm a go, 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 go up and down, you know, flying everywhere. And I didn't even realize that I would be going through a major healing process when we were shut down. And so I, I didn't run from any emotion in this time. Uh, I dealt with where the pains were in my spiritual space, my emotional space, and my physical body. Because, you know, if you're going through some serious pain, it can result in the physical body. You can feel it in your gut, in your heart space. And I just decided that I wasn't going to run from anything, that I was going to take this opportunity to deal with my stuff, to allow it to bubble up to the surface, see what it's there trying to tell me or where it's trying to push me or where, what it's trying to tell me to do, and then honor that. So I would just say be in a state of allowance first and foremost. And then, you know, that was the other thing about the winter is taking that self-inventory, um, looking at the decisions that you've made over time and what those results are. You know, we all get to choose our way into our destiny, right? So what decisions have you made that have produced the results you're looking at? Do you like them or not? If you don't like them, let's make some new choices, right? If you do like them, keep doing what you're doing. Um, no shame, no pressure, some self-love, self-honor, self-allowance. Um, and if you feel like the emotions are getting overwhelming, sit in them. They do pass. The age-old you know, adage, this too shall pass, is so real. Um, and, and I find that when you don't run and you allow them to be, 
they can bubble up to the surface, especially if you don't judge it for being there. It can tell you why it's there. It can tell you what's trying to be healed. It can tell you what you've been running from that's finally getting your attention to be dealt with. If, if it's in your head, go into the body. Where's the feeling in the body? Just come out of the head, come out of the judgment and let it sit in the body and then pay attention to where it is in your chest or your stomach. And if you notice when you bring awareness to something, it starts to move because it's almost like something that got caught in the dark and it's like, oh, you see me, you know? So then it starts moving. And then as you keep your awareness on it, because now you're just, you're just observing it. Not right, not wrong, not good, not bad. Just observe, be a witness of it. And eventually it kind of moves and it's like, well, she's paying attention to me. All right, she sees I'm not that powerful. And it starts to dissipate. And you start to conquer that emotion because you're dealing with it, you're facing it. So that is something that I value from my experience during this pandemic right now. And if anybody's going through a winter, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to immerse yourself in the thing that you feel is lacking in your life. So if it's prosperity or abundance, dive into some prosperity and abundance seminars online or with someone or read some books, like take this time to add to your arsenal. If it's about love, watch a whole bunch of things that will inspire you or motivate you or help you to heal in love. Immerse yourself in the thing that you would like to remedy, you know, and uh, don't judge yourself. Be in a state of allowance. That's the ultimate kind of love that I can imagine. Wow. <laughs> Uh, okay. I love that. <laughs> and that, that, you know, you hit so much on, I mean, that main thing about, you know, awareness and allowance that right there is just, it's, it's everything, but we don't have enough of those conversations. I feel like the things that need to be talked about are not, and you, you really touched on it because we, everybody, right. Go hard in the paint during this time. Right. Leveling up and blah, blah, blah. Right. And sometimes people just need to just allow it. And that kind of leads me to the next question for Pasha. But before you ask Pasha that question, you know, it just hit me because I remember that's why I was saying this to our men because, <laughs> and I was say, speaking this early because I remember sometimes I'll try to push her into pain. And then I had to learn to just let it go because if I let it just leave her and let it be, she'll come through like a charm every single time. Sometimes like, push, do you want it? You know, like, you know, like we're in the locker, do you want it? And you're like, <laughs> Hey, I didn't sign up with this thing. <laughs> but it's so true because, I mean, and it's not to say that men, they, they are different. We are different. I mean, you know, but it doesn't make any species or any gender better than the other. But we have to be available emotionally, spiritually, in so many ways for the kids, for the parents, because we're nurturers. We have to just be available. So when it's time, when he think it's time to go hard in the paint, I'm like, wait, I right. know I have focused energy, so I know when it's time to go hard if, in the paint. If, if we were locusts, I would have lost my head, my foot, uh, um, it'd be like this. I'd be like a morsel, like just a little <laughs> DNA of where I once was. Go ahead, talk the passion. <laughs> so with that being said, with everything going on, and you know, and it's really piggybacking off of a lot of, the, of what Rona has touched on, but right now during this pandemic. You know, we're, uh, you know, people who are entrepreneurs and entrepreneur minded, we learn how to pivot a certain way based on the circumstances, but we don't give up. And sometimes we do have to take a step back. And right now, everyone's being pushed to be teachers, right? <laughs> Pretty much. And it's, I mean, so many parents are like losing their cool to try to figure out how do I become a teacher? And I mean, being a mom of four and a, a great one at that, 
um, you know, what would you say to those parents, not just mom, but to those parents that are out there like, what do I do? I mean, they're suffering from anxiety and right. that's taking a toll on them more than the pandemic. So what are some things that you would share with them to just say, you know, it's okay. Like Rhonda said, it's the allowance. So what would you say? Well, it's funny because I have an interesting story that just happened relating to all of that because we're homeschooling. We have four kids here and I have the neighborhood house. So not only do I have my house, I have the house where all the other kids come to my house. So I have my four kids, my son's best friend, as well as my daughter's best friend that come over here. So I have like a house full of kids. And so one of the moms decided the other day to come over to help us with homeschool, but she's wired different from me. My, my husband and I, we're very laid back because here's the thing we realize it's not that serious. It's not that serious. It's not that serious. <laughs> I, you know, so the bottom line is, you know, the, the, the kids were online, the, the system was shutting down because everybody's trying to get online. So everything was slow. Half the time they were getting kicked off. So when, as a parent, you get all caught up in what's going wrong, then the kids start to get frustrated and everybody's frustrated. Now, what my husband does is he just laughs because he feels it's hilarious. You know, Steve, and he's the coolest. He's as cool as a cucumber, like nothing, nothing. I mean, nothing can get him riled up. <laughs> so then I step in. But what I want parents to know is, number one, if you're not a teacher, you're not a teacher. So now is not the time to try to be one. But here's what you can be is a supportive parent to help your children understand and take the time to teach them now, everything isn't going to go right. And it's okay. Some of your classes, you may get dropped off and it's okay. Uh, and, and, and not getting so caught up in trying to be perfect. I think that's the biggest disgrace and challenge with our school system is we were, we, we punish children for making mistakes when in reality, if you're going to succeed in life, you've got to make the most mistakes. So for me, I feel like our, um, school system, love, love our school, love our teachers as I do. They can't help it because they have to teach what's taught to them. I think the biggest mistake that we do is we punish our children for making mistakes. And mm. so for me, everybody knows my philosophy. If you don't fail, you don't succeed. So you expect to mess up. You expect things to happen. But the question is, how do you navigate through it with a good attitude? And now I'm not only having to teach the kids there that I'm having, I'm teaching parents that as well, because you're not going to, you know, we're not going to stress each other out over this. We're not going to start a text group and start talking about how messed up everything is and how bad everything is. And oh my God, I didn't sign up for this. Cause where's that going? How's that helping any of us? It's not. So the way that I looked at it is we're in the middle of something right now that none of us have ever experienced. Nobody in the world has experienced what we're going through right at this moment. We've got an economic crisis. We've got a pandemic. We've got all kinds of stuff layered on top of each other. And if you are trying to expect normalcy under these abnormal circumstances, then you're the fool. So I don't expect life to be normal. So my thing is, I understand that this is just different and I'm going to find the beauty in it. I'm going to enjoy myself. You're not going to mess up my day, therefore mess up my week and make me have a bad month and therefore a bad year because the system went down and kids are homeschooling and things are a little different. I'm going to find the best in it. That's just how I'm wired. I'm not trying to get any wrinkles. I'm almost 50 and I enjoy smiling and nobody's going to turn this frown, well, this smile upside down. <laughs> amen. Amen. Amen to that. I, you know, I, I live my life like that every single day, but then we had a tornado 
and all the lights went off for a day and a half. And if anybody knows me, they know that my life is cool as long as I got General Hospital. Yeah. <laughs> you still watch General Hospital? I still watch General Hospital. <laughs> Faithfully. How many years has that show been on the air now? Uh, I watched it about oh, 40, 50 years ago. So I grew up with those people. They're like, um. they're like my imaginary friends. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. Enough of that. Now, listen to me. We got professional coaches on the line. So, go ahead. No, this is just good stuff. It is really mm -hmm. good because I find myself having those very conversations about how do you how do you navigate just for your own good because of many people who had jobs or mm -hmm. great positions and even businesses in January. Now everything is topsy turvy. So the fact that you had touched on those winters. And just going through those phases, Ron, I really wanted to bring that up. And then with passion, as far as, you know, how do you navigate being a stay-at-home mom slash parent, you know, people trying to become what they're not. I know we're about to go on break in a second. You a I do? Yeah. Stop sure? hitting buttons, baby. Oh. You're, you're my guest host. You're just you're trying to be the control over here. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, that's what, you know, that's right. what you do. I love it. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. So even <laughs> during this time, you know, um, being a being home, um, what are some of those things that you would say for a person to make those pivots, to see the upside? And this is a question for both of you, just, you know, to, to see the upside. So what are some, some of the things that you're doing that you're like, okay, um, we always ask the question, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And mm. doing something like this, because this is unprecedented, is there something that you're doing now that you're like, hey, this is something that I've always wanted to do, or this is something that I've always thought about? One of our neighbors is building an airplane in his garage. Yeah, I know. We got wow. <laughs> Oh, no, I see it. There we go. Right. Okay, so Wrong. is there something that you would say... This is something that I've always wanted to do, and now is the perfect time to do She's it. She's a that she has five-minute questions. But <laughs> we're still on Facebook. Now you're going to get that foot stomp. <laughs> I know, I know. I just can <laughs> Back slap, all of that. If I get in trouble, I get to make up. But go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's something that I like that question. What are you doing for the first time again? What was, when the, was, the, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Oh, I like that. That's that's a little cute conundrum. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that there are some great things, though, that we can take away from this. For example, I've reestablished my relationship with nature in a major way, major. Um, a lot of people I find, especially if they're crippled by the fear of being inside, um, you know, I encourage people to do your social distancing, but go out to nature. It's open air. Right. Um, you know, allow it to psychologically impact you in the sense that in nature it's open it's free so that that's a way for you to kind of attain a little bit of openness and freedom for yourself be out in the open take some deep breaths it's going to be okay you know what I mean um if you have a body of water go to a body of water sit in front of the water be nurtured by that let it be your zen um so really take advantage of being in nature um, a lot of people are taking advantage of the housing market too. I mean, these, these interest rates are down. If you, if there's something you've always wanted to do someplace, you've always wanted to move, consider it, you know, you never know what you might get. Closed mouth doesn't get fed. You could call up and find out something that you didn't anticipate you would hear and you out of here, new beginning, take a leap. So, um, you know, things like that, I think can be good. Like That's that. what I've been doing. 
Good stuff. Amen. But we've got about another 90 seconds and we'll go to a commercial and then Pastor, you could answer the same exact question. I would say this, because I'm really good at filling in space. You know, back in 1999, I wrote a program um, called MAP, Major Aptitude Programming. And uh, overcoming self-defeating behaviors was a big part of that to get past our baggage, the things that restrict us, the resentments that we carry and the way that we respond to those resentments and human, human uh, uh, defensive, yeah, yeah, defense mechanisms. How do we operate to keep ourselves sane? How do we save ourselves in the middle? And it becomes very habit forming. And I, I tell you what I found was that so many times that we find that we react to the same challenge the same way. We right. act, we, it's like a trigger. This happens and we do this. They touch this, this goes up, touch this, this goes up over and over and over. And then we come back after passion. So I said, I want to talk about how do you really learn to break that cycle? Now, in the last 30 seconds, we have a lot of people that are calling in. They got a lot of comments and questions. So the veil during the break, if you got some comments and questions that actual questions, uh, the last five minutes of the show, we're going to some questions and we got Facebook Live. So we if do. these ladies are available, we can stay on a little bit longer than the show and answer some of those questions and I'll go at it. Okay. So let's go and take our commercial break. We'll be right back with the amazing Ron Bennett and the incredible Pastor Carter. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. up to your fullest potential this is the voice america empowerment channel you're tuned in to the james stentley show we'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments drop us a line to jd at the james stentley show.com again that's jd at the james stentley show.com now back to the show Hey, we are back live with uh, Rona Bennett, Pastor Carter, and Dr. Kara Scott Dentley, and myself, James Dentley, with the show. And Pastor, you will ask. You need her to ask that question again. Yes. What was the question? Go ahead. The question was, what was the question? What was oh. the piece of the question? The first time. What haven't you done? Uh, oh, yeah. Thank you. Got it. Yep. The first. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Yeah, about the first time, doing something different, something that you have not done. 
you know, the first, the, it, when was the last time you did something for the first time or has this sparked something new? Hmm. Well, you know what I've started doing actually is I've started taking the apple seed approach to life. And James can definitely relate to this because what I've been doing is really, there are a lot of things that I love to do, but I'll take the one thing that I am, like, what is it that I love doing and how many things can I turn it into? So you may have an apple seed. Well, it's not just an apple seed. Eventually it becomes an apple tree, an apple orchard, apple, apple butter, you know, you know, all kinds of stuff, apple jam. You can take it and turn it into so many things. So when you love something, whether it's empowerment, uh, whether it's entrepreneurship, okay, well, how many streams of revenue, how many different things, it becomes a book, it becomes a movie, it becomes a program, it becomes, you know, all of these different things, but it all goes right back. So you just started with this one little seed. And so that's one of the things that I've just really been doing is sitting down every night and looking at the things that I love, uh, the things in my life that I'm passionate about and asking myself the question, how many different things can I take this one little topic, this one little passion and turn it into multiple different things? It's been fun. I love that. Wonderful, wonderful. I have a question about um, leadership. And part of leadership is, first of all, being internally led instead of externally led. So how does it get to a person get to the point where they feel that um, it's okay for them to be in control of their life and their destiny, but then it's okay sometimes you don't have to really always take that control? Well, well, the one thing that I've learned many, many years ago is to, I had to be internally led because my external forces would have had me sitting on a porch rocking in Alabama at the age of 50. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just not what I wanted to do. So when I had all these big dreams as a little girl, everybody would always tell me that I, I heard that's just ridiculous. Like, oh my goodness, really? You're, you know, I heard that so much. So for me, I had to, at a very early age, say, either I'm going to listen to me, and even though what I'm thinking, it might be wrong, I'd rather take a chance. Right. So I started listening to myself and being led by my own dreams at a very early age. And when little things started to happen, like when I would dream about, you know, being a successful gymnast, when a lot of people didn't think I could, I'd go, wow, you were wrong. Wait, I, I was right on that. Or then I have this other dream about being an entrepreneur and everybody would say, well, you need that job. You know, you, 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 you have a, such a good job. Why would you want to mess that up? And I realized that I'm not cut out for entrepreneurship, like at all. Like I'm not the kind that's going to show up on time and for, for your job, you know, I might make it a couple times, but that's about it. Um, you know, I don't believe in traffic. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a free spirit. So for me, I knew I wasn't wired uh, to be an employee. Now there are some people that are great at that and I applaud them because we need that. But me, I'm not your, I got, I've been fired from every, I even got fired from Wendy's. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> it was because I, you know, I was seven, 16, 17, my first job. And I've been there for two weeks and a salt and pepper concert came in. So I was like, okay, I need off. They wouldn't give me the time off. I couldn't understand that. Like, do you know who this salt and pepper is coming to town? I should be able to get off, right? So I got fired from that job and it all started. But I realized at a very early age that, wait a minute, this means that somebody else can tell me when I can come, when I can go. And if I don't do what they say, when they say do it, they can take away my livelihood. Right. So for me, I realized at a very early age that I am an entrepreneur and I've got to find a way to make it work because I want to be able to set my own hours. 
I needed my income to be unlimited. I knew I was the hardest worker that out. I'll work, I'd rather work for myself 20 hours a day than slave for, for someone else nine to five. And that's just how I am wired. So for me, I just had to take the time to figure that out and get that footing with that. And so that's why for 25 years, I've been an entrepreneur and I'm always self-led because one thing I realize about entrepreneurs is most people don't understand us. You know, most people don't get us. We, we, we're, we're the out of the box thinker. So if we are around people who think in the box and that's the normal world, when we start to have conversations, if you're not having it with other entrepreneurs, they're really confused and they think that you're insane. And I've learned to understand that. So I love them for who they are, but I understand that that's just not me. So in a nutshell, the question is about leadership, but in what capacity again? Well, you know, being internally led leadership mm-hmm. begins with here. We all lead ourselves even out of the bed every single day. So, you know, what would you say to some people? They're not really ready to take charge of the life, but don't feel like they are the person that should take it. They're still maybe in victim mode or the mode they don't think that they're good enough. So they're not stepping out, but that resides in all of us. So in leadership, just give us your definition and, what, how important is leadership in your opinion and, and what aspect? Wow, that's a loaded question, Dr. But whatever you want to say, you can break it down however you want. <laughs> you know, it, honestly, I think it goes back to, to what you desire. I think that um, we need, I, I totally respect and honor what Pastor's talking about. I love that she knows who she is, right? And then you got those people who are linchpins that are going to work for Pasha. You know, they're going to be that that person that comes in that is indispensable because they work hard, but they're happy working hard for someone else. You know what I'm saying? So I think that um, it just depends on who you are. What do you want out of life? Um, you know, what's, what's driving you? Um, there's something that I'm making a big decision on right now. And I realize that my driver is very different from the people that I'm talking to about it. So it's important to get in touch with know thyself. What is on the other side of your hard work? What's on the other side of the questions that you have about yourself or about life? What's the reward? What's the gain? What's the pain for you? Because it can differ depending on the person that's talking about it. What's painful for me could be par for the course for somebody else and vice versa. So really know yourself. Really know what's on the other side of the decisions that you're making if you feel it's worth it. And then take those bold steps because of that. You know what I mean? But um, to follow behind it or become a leader, and it's not really a passion that you have, or it's not something that you're connected to, um, you might, you're probably going to hit a wall just because it's not, you're not built for that. What are you built for though? Yeah. That's good. That Can I just say something to that, JD? Because that, that is so true, because I was just having this conversation with believe it or not, my kids the other day, because they were all talking about, oh, we want to be entrepreneurs. And I'm like, why? Why do you want to? Because here's the thing. You may not be built to be an entrepreneur and that's okay. But what I want you to do is I don't want you to follow in mommy and daddy's footsteps. 
I want you to follow your heart. Like, where does your heart lead you? Like, what, what gives you that natural joy? What, what are you passionate about? And how do you take that passion and monetize that passion? But I, I believe in being an entrepreneur and, and, and loving entrepreneurship, but it's something that you really have to have inside of you because if you don't have it inside of you, let me tell you something. Being an entrepreneur is one of the most difficult things one will ever do. And you have to be wired a certain way to be able to succeed as an entrepreneur, not just be an entrepreneur. So that's why I was talking to my kids about, you know, you may have something different in your life that you're good at, that you enjoy and, and, and be, be big enough to accept that difference and say, hey, this is who I am. And this is what I love doing. And guess what mommy's going to do? Mommy's going to be your biggest supporter. I like it. You know, I, you know, I was just thinking as you're talking, I totally agree with, with both of you all. And I'm not saying this as a devil's advocate at all. This is a thought to throw it, to throw it in the middle of this conversation. You know, our paradigms are set certain ways. Some is genetic. Most of them are the way we grew up and what our truth is, what we see that. But if we go back um, 100, 150 years and even longer before that, that uh, there was a time when we were all entrepreneurs. Even on a job, to a degree, you still are an entrepreneur based upon how you feel about that, how you carry yourself into that job. You're still an entrepreneur because you're working and, and excelling at a certain level because that's who you are and how you want to show up. Now, you're not in charge of your own money, your paycheck and stuff, but when you show up and you're getting that paycheck, when I had a job, I still was an entrepreneur in there because I took ownership of it every single step of the way. So we look at our society today and the world just changes so much where the whole country got shut down and people couldn't work. And there's so many people in food lines around the country, even now. Uh, people are hurting right now. Um, Let's go a little bit deeper with this entrepreneur part of it, because it's really about finding something you're really good at and how do you create value and solve a problem and fill a need. And that with that, you can slide right in it because I think everybody has the ability to do it on their own terms. I think I mean, we're not all wired the same, but we all have to be able to create. Mm. Absolutely. And, and that's why I was saying you have to find your own footing and your own wiring. It has to be something that that like there's some people who are naturally very analytical. We talked about this all the time, James. We know there are four different personalities and you know what my main personality is. So, you know, you got the person who is the, we called it the urchin. So they're very analytical. They're very factual. So this person, they love numbers. They, they're they the perfect accountant for you. You know, this is how they're the chemist. You know, those are those people over there and their minds are wired that way. That was never my forte, you know, and then you have the person who may be the well, and that's the person that loves helping people. They're serving the community. They may be your, your, um, your nurses and the people that are in the healthcare field, your teachers. These are the people who just give of themselves. Then you have that person that's the shark and they're money motivated. So they're the ones that are motivated by money and competition. They want to be number one in everything that they do. And they want to make the most as always as, as, as they possible, possibly can. They don't believe in glass ceilings. They believe in shattering the ceiling. Um, and then you have the dolphin. And that's my dominant personality. Because for me, what brings me joy is freedom. What mm. brings me joy is not having a schedule being schedule list, being able to make my own schedule. And, and for, so I had to understand my personality and I knew that in order for me to get to that, that joy of freedom, that joy of being able to have fun and enjoy my life that I had to bring that shark side in because I knew I had to make money in order to be able to do those things. So what you have to do is figure out who are you? Like really 
who are you? And I think during this pandemic, now is the perfect time because we have so much time to spend with ourselves. And I think at this time, if people can really find out who are you, not who everybody has told you you are up to this point in your life, or not what everybody has said, oh, you're so good at X, Y, Z, but you don't really love it. Who are you and what makes you happy and what gives you joy? And once you find that and you figure out a way to monetize that, that is when you walk every single day walking in your purpose. Amen. Look, we got about three and a half minutes left. Rona, and then we, I want you ladies to stick around after we're going to stay with Facebook Live, but the radio show will end in about three minutes. So Rona, I'm going to let you speak to that. And then we're going to open this up, man, because I, I got some stuff. I mean, I just, I, I love everything that's been shared today. Absolutely. I think this has been a, a really awesome conversation. Pastor, you're such a powerhouse. I love it. Such a pleasure to meet you. Um, I mean, and Dr. Dentley, you already know that I think you're the bomb. So <laughs> thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, thank you. Just, just thank you, everybody. Dr. Kara, thank you for this experience. It's been wonderful. Um, here's to everybody reconnecting if you've been disconnected to your passion. Here's to everybody finding your purpose if you, purpose, if you feel like you've gotten off course with that. Here's to making new choices that puts you in alignment with your greatest joy and your greatest destiny. You know, how are you feeling right now? What new choices can you make right now in this moment after we come off this broadcast that's going to point you in a direction that makes you feel better and then makes you feel better again and then makes you feel better again, right? So shout out to everybody living their best life. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Well, I tell you what, we got a couple of minutes left. And um, I do want to say this because we're going to stay on Facebook Live. So Facebook, don't disconnect, man, because... Uh, I, we we already down deep. We might as well go ahead and get some. <laughs> Let's get the trenches. Yeah, we might as well get on down there and play with these whales. Now, um, you know, first of all, um, we have an event coming up November, uh, the first week of November. I think it's the week of fourth, fifth, and sixth. An incredible event. Both of these ladies will be a part of that event. That's our business accelerator 2020. Uh, really, how to to start your business, how to scale. But who are you as you show up in that business? Because one of the things we'll talk about when we're done is how you take those personality traits and then how you could just be whoever you are and excel no matter who you are. Because one trait is not better than the other. They all complement. The Bible says one body, many members. So they all win. Okay, They all win. It's about being in your space. And then uh, the first week of December, my wife and I, we're going to be launching our uh, the fourth uh, Limitless program. Pastor, you were on Limitless. You were on the first one. Yes. Uh, with Limitless, for women, by women, where everything is possible. And that's going to be the first week in December. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun there because I'll get a chance to sit behind on the controller and I'll have to shut up. But I already got two pages of notes. So that's cut because I don't mind doing that. So we're going to uh, just say thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you for being part of the James and Lee Show, Power by Voice America. Uh, we got 30 seconds left. We're going to end the show. But I want each and every one of you all to live your, your wildest dreams, you know, to just play in your mind, challenge yourself, negotiate with your mind, believe in yourself, use your imagination and get ready for a world that's changing because in the midst of calamity, there's always opportunity. So remember, just follow your dreams wherever they lead. Never give up. Never give in. Always believe and greet each day. We're loving your heart. That's going to conclude the show. And we're going to go over Facebook Live and we'll talk to everybody else on Voice America next weekend. we got two more powerful women coming. And uh, we're just going to go celebrate and learn and grow. God bless you guys and thank you.
Thank you for listening to The James Dentley Show. Be sure to join James for another inspiring show next Friday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you here next week.